Waterfall, the CCW podcast. Hello and welcome to Waterfall. It's the water saving podcast brought to you by CCW. We are all about saving water, saving money, protecting the environment and combating climate change. As ever, I am here with the wonderful Karen. Hi, Karen. Hello, Mike. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. That's not what you were saying earlier. You were feeling a bit <laughs> under the weather. Oh, well, I've got, I've got the old seasonal cold syndrome at the moment. Well, you've done a good job in coming in for this. You know, waterfall takes precedent. That's great. And Tom, producer Tom, lurking as always. Hi, Tom. Hey, Mike. Glad to be here. Season two is going so swimmingly. I know, Let's like continue. You're wearing a special I season two shirt. It's not, that is something special. <laughs> I am. It's full of spitfires, Mike, and I'm ready to hear our guests spit some fire as well. So, Well, we do have a brilliant guest coming up in just a few minutes. But what's the topic of today, Karen? Um, well, it's really interesting, Mike, because, you know, we've often, and, and I think you, you mention it most times when you introduce the podcast, that... What we like to talk about is the fact that water saving has an energy saving dimension. It also has a climate change combating dimension. And the episode today is going to be talking about um, how important reducing carbon emissions is in not only the way water is produced, but the way we use it at home. Yeah, and I think every time we introduce a show and we talk about combating climate change, I think intuitively we tend to think of water resources and that kind of thing or extreme weather you know too much too much water too little water but actually that whole climate change dimension is really important because there are emissions associated with 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 water um and that's what we're going to find out from from Howard when he yeah, comes in just a few minutes one thing on terminology because you know we do love a bit of terminology i'm sure we'll get some some listeners saying is it carbon or is it greenhouse gas emissions uh, is it carbon dioxide? Um, just for the sake of, uh, you know, being really clear, when we talk about carbon, that's a shorthand for all the greenhouse gas emissions that, that, that cause climate change. So, uh, so yeah, we'll stick to carbon just so we're all in the same place. But before we get to that, there's two things, Karen. I think you can already guess what one of the things are we need to cover. Um, I think so. Oh, go on then. What's the email address? <laughs> I knew it. Is this your job? Karen, you've, got, you've basically just got one job of waterfall. It's just saying the email address over and over again. Oh, gosh. It's podcast at ccwater.org.uk. Very good. And even even though you're under the weather, you, you did that one take. One take, Karen. That's what we call you now. It's fantastic. Thank you, Karen. We do love to hear from, from listeners. Please do get in touch. If you've got any feedback... Uh, ideas for new shows, we would, abs- uh, and, and ideas for tats, we now want, I mean, marketing g- gimmicks, um, you know, we want more suggestions along the lines of a waterfall spatula. Now, before we get stuck in, there was an article I saw uh, in the newspaper recently, and Tom, I instantly mm. thought of you on this, because yeah. this is all about a, a Ford in Nottinghamshire, um, called Rufford Ford, an ancient Ford, even appeared in the Doomsday Book, right? And this, this, this Ford, so it's been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And, uh, some fella has decided to film cars going through this Ford and he's been sticking them on TikTok. And this has become a sensation. People have loved watching the cars going through this Ford to the extent that people are now coming along specifically just to drive through this Ford so they'll get featured on TikTok. Now, 
What's happened is that people are now underestimating the strength of the river. And this river is quite peaky. So it can go from being very, very narrow to being like three foot deep. So people are rocking up and driving through under four by four and getting stuck. Now, of course, this is great for TikTok. This is perfect TikTok fodder. Uh, but of course, now the police are getting involved. They've shut this, they've shut this ford all because all these tourists are turning up. Um, Anyway, I was thinking of you, Tom, because mm. you, you've been on and on and on about I walking have. with water. And I I'm have. thinking, well, this is a new take on that. It's driving with water. Would you think of it? <laughs> no, I'm very in favour of it, actually. I think it's very ironic seeing a Ford being swallowed by a Ford. But, uh, you'd be working on new material. No, no, it just comes naturally. But but yeah, it's it's the uh, it's it's the age old battle with nature, isn't it? I think I think it's wonderful, Mike. And uh, all I'll say is RIP to all those gearboxes. <laughs> I think there's been quite a disaster over there. Oh, there has been, yeah. Yes, it's been a lot carnage of, when the weather's bad. <laughs> yeah. We should get in the, um, the you know, the, the CCW car, which doesn't exist, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Is that and, and go on a trip to this forum and see if we can get ourselves I would love trip. to do that. I but would love to do that. like another day trip coming up. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Very good. Karen, is this the sort of thing you do in your spare time? <laughs> no, I can't say it is. <laughs> I mean, as you know, Mike, they don't let me out very often, so I don't get to go on these day trips. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we've got another day trip that you're not going to coming up, but more on that in future episodes. This podcast is brought to you by CCW, the voice for water consumers. Enough of this. I think it is time to bring on the guest, and it is my great pleasure to welcome Howard Perry, who's Seven Trends Energy Ma- Manager, to Waterfall. Hello, Howard. Hello, Mike. Thank you for having me. Well, you are very welcome, and you're, and you're very polite. <laughs> so, yes, so Seven Trent is a massive, one of the massive water companies, isn't it? Yeah, so we cover the Midlands, Birmingham, obviously, second city, um, second biggest of the water companies, right across into Wales and right up to the, the north of the region, but mainly the Midlands. And Seven Trent Group as well also has HD, Hafer and Duffordwy, which is one of the small Welsh companies providing water to people there in Wrexham as well. Well, let's all, I think we should all have a little... Short. Hafron Duffudui. Hafron Duffudui. I believe, <laughs> okay. although I'm sure your listeners will send in to correct my pronunciation. What's, what's quite interesting <laughs> is that Karen, Karen and Tom both have that look of, oh no, we're next. So Karen, you're not getting away without, without having a shot. Uh, Go on. Oh, come on. I'm not feeling at my best today. So you shouldn't really put me on the spot. <laughs> Tom? Hafron Dwan and Dwee? It's always better to make the attempt than to not try at all. Tom's got These horrific brony tones butchering that word. I apologise to our Welsh listeners. So a big old company we've established. Now, now we do we do know it takes a lot of carbon to get clean water to people's houses. Just just tell us a bit about that. Like Intuitively, we know water's heavy and moving around and all that stuff. But just tell us a bit more. How is all that carbon used? Yeah, certainly. And, and it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, it, 10 years ago, I think, if, you, if you'd have been talking about carbon, people might not have known what you were talking about. But there's a lot of understanding out there, I think, now about what climate change is and what drives it. And in a nutshell, climate change is driven by man-made emissions of greenhouse gases. Carbon dioxide is the biggest one, so we call that carbon. There are others as well, some of which come from the water industry, which we'll talk about, but, but mainly carbon. So a lot of that comes from use of energy. And when we pump water out of the environment, treat it, provide it to people's houses, it takes a huge amount of energy. And that makes sense, really, doesn't it? Because if you think about water, it's quite heavy. Think about lifting a litre of water, the 90-odd metres that we pump some water on average to get to people's houses. It's quite Is heavy. Is that right? 90 takes metres? A lot of energy. Yeah, that's so the... if you, that's our average. So our average from our treatment works to your customer tap 
is about 90 meters. That's that's the so head. You're lifting water lift. 90 meters high, right? On average, yes. Wow. Yeah. So we'll use we'll use gravity where we can, but yep. there's a lot of pumping required, a lot of movement of that water, which is which is quite heavy. Um, so that takes a lot of energy. And as we know in society, lots of energy, lots of electricity is generated by burning fossil fuels. And that's where a big chunk of those emissions come from. So when we're providing water to your door, we're using a lot of energy and that results in emissions. So that's that's a big cause of, of emissions. And one of our contributions to climate change, we need to think carefully about. Very good. That makes sense. Um and in terms of like the energy taken to move it around compared to the energy taken to clean it up, how's that split roughly? Yeah, that's a, just a rule of thumb. Yeah, a great question. So the energy we use is split about 50-50 between the wastewater operation and the clean water operation. So on the clean water side, most of that is pumping water. The um, the electrically driven centrifugal pump that we operate in the water industry. Oh, I'll tell you what, which... I wish I had my jargon buzzer. Because it'd be going crazy now. Yeah, people will love that, I'm sure. So the, the, the pumps we operate are, are really, really efficient, but take a lot of electricity. So that's mainly where the energy goes on the clean water side yeah. to get it to the tap. But then, of course, we take it away. We pump it through the sewers and we treat it in order to return it to the river in a, in a clean state. And there, most of the energy used is to do with the wastewater treatment process. We have to pump in a lot of air, and we also have to move that sewage and that sludge as well, which takes some pumping. So that's where the energy goes. And I think that side of it, the waste side and the energy on that side of the, the water company business, would probably go largely unnoticed because you know, people don't really talk about the energy involved in treating sewage. Yeah, they, yeah, I, th- I think I think that's true. It's a bit of an unseen, yeah. uh, an unseen service that's provided to get that water back to the river, but does does take a lot of energy. And other things as well, which is where we've got other emissions impacts. So chemicals is a big one. We need chemicals on both the clean water side to make sure water's fit to drink, potable uh, and wholesome. And we need it on the wastewater side to make sure it's as good a quality as it can be before we return it to the river. And those chemicals themselves have emissions impacts when they're manufactured and delivered to us. So lots of different ways in which emissions emerge. Wow, so it's kind of more complicated than maybe it first seems. It's not just about moving water around, is it? Yeah. So carbon equals money because there's lots of carbon associated with energy. Uh, and energy prices are like absolutely crazy at the minute. So given that there's so much energy associated with money, surely there's just a, a real incentive there to, to, to use less. Yes, that's definitely true. And it, interestingly, if you look at the history of, of the water sector over the past 10, 20 years, energy has always been important. So prices are very high at the moment, early 2023 and through 2022, as you say, for energy. So that adds more incentive to do something about it. But energy has always been a big cost to the water industry. So the industry has actually done a lot to manage the cost of of energy. And that's a core part of my job. why why I exist in Semtrend. So if you look over the 10, 20 years, what many of the companies have done is generated renewable energy for themselves, which you generate from sewage sludge. You get a gas from that and a methane that can use to well, generate got gas in my food, <laughs> not necessarily at your work. I need but... <laughs> I need enjoy that bit, yeah. So, <laughs> so lots of good renewable gas we can use to generate energy. And we've also worked really hard to, to, to try and make our systems and processes as efficient as we possibly can to both manage that cost and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And that's where the success has been in the industry over the past 20 years, I would say. Um, emissions have dropped by quite a substantial amount since, since about 2011. Um, but what we're into now is the more tricky emissions to manage. So energy is really important, remains really important with cost. We've done quite a lot about it. There's more to do, but there are other sources of emissions as well that we need to think about. So that's really interesting, Howard, because you've said that AI brought up about the here and now. Surely now it's going to be focused because of the energy cost. But you've said, actually, 
it's been a big cost for many, many years anyway, right? In fact, I was reading somewhere the other day, 2% of the of England's energy is used by the water sector. Is that correct? Yep, 3, 3% I've got in my nose, but 3%. close. <laughs> no, I read that. I read 2%. Yes, I think it came from Water UK. Water UK, I don't know if you listen, but, you know, get your facts right, please. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. but but still, that's a, whether it's two, whether it's three, that's like a, a decent chunk yes. just to be used by one sector. But you say, actually, you've been focusing on this for ages and you've been successful. So just give us an idea when you say successful, what do you mean? Like how much have you, I'm guessing you've been success in this case is reducing emissions, right? Mm. So, so just how much has the sector reduced its emissions over the years? Yes, certainly. So, um, and if we talk about energy, so, so you're right, 3% of the energy in the UK. Um, used, two, I'd say. <laughs> between two and three, it's probably a rounding, it's probably a rounding thing, isn't it? Um, is, is used, is used in the water sector. So it's a, it's a huge amount. Um, but what, what the industry's managed to do is increase the generation of renewable energy. So it's at the point where it's generating about 20, 25% of the energy that it uses by itself. Oh, so, so that's, that's offset. That's been carbon. a huge growth. And, and what that does, because it's renewable, is it offsets the amount of yeah. uh, emissions that would otherwise result from getting that energy from the grid, from coal or from gas, which is where we get actually a lot of yeah. our electricity in the UK. Um, but yeah, the, the UK industry emissions are down to about 3 million tonnes per annum. And what um, did it used to be? And it's dropped. That's dropped by about forty percent, something like that, over the 40%. over the previous ten years. Forty. And a, a big chunk of that has been more renewable energy in the sector, but also more renewable energy in the UK as a whole. So that's been one of the contributions. Oh, so that's like our power mix overall is yes. becoming yeah. less carbon intensive. Precisely. Yeah. Okay, so, but that is a good news story because I think a lot of people the kind of whole drive to reduce carbon is something that's just been going on the last few years. Mm. But this isn't. The sector's been on it. Yeah. No, oh, that is good. But uh, but going back to your previous question, I would say the areas where we've been focused is where those costs, those cost incentives have been aligned, and energy is definitely one of those, and it's even more important than it than it has been in previous years. I'm I'm really baffled by how quiet Karen is so far in this episode. You know, she uh, she, it's uh, she it's like she's taken up Tom's role as the lurker. <laughs> Karen, I I don't believe for a second you're you're this disinterested in uh, in, in carbon. I I'm mean, not usually at all. I can't shut you up. I've been fascinated by the conversation, so I was just letting it flow, so to speak. But. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, the, the interesting thing for me is, um, you know, we've obviously got a challenge to try to achieve net zero by 2050. Um, and, you know, the, it sounds as though the industry is already doing a huge amount to try to find where those savings can be found. I mean, how, how confident are you that we can achieve that goal? Yeah, great question. And net zero is one of those really tricky, slippery terms, isn't it? That's, that's very difficult to understand. And if, you, if you're really into the niche detail, as I am, of the International GHG Protocol and DEFRA's Greenhouse Gas Guidance and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I'll tell you what happens. Seriously, the jargon buzzer. It's like, you bust it. <laughs> if you're into that, you can spend the rest of your life trying to figure out what it means. But, but broadly, to, broadly to, to a layman, the, the net zero goal is we get all of our greenhouse gas emissions across society to zero. Now, responsibility for that is obviously split up between householders and government and industries like ourselves but that's ultimately what we're all aiming to achieve and I, I do think that is possible across society in the UK we've got enough technology we've got enough innovation we've got enough smart people to figure out ways of doing that without you know seriously impacting people's living standards so I think that's possible in society it gets very tricky working out which bits of society do that first and, and which which 
which um, which companies go first. We ourselves, so Seven Trent and the industry, have set a goal for net zero by 2030. Wow, so that's way ahead of the UK's which, target. Which is ahead of the UK's target. Yeah, absolutely right. And and by that we mean all of our emissions will be reduced or offset by renewable generation, things like that. And then ultimately we'll get those source emissions down to zero as well. So that's what we mean by our 2030 goal. And the aim now is to be ambitious and, and lead as far as we can. Well, that really is that is taking the leadership position. How confident are you? You'll hit that twenty thirty one then. Yeah, give us a give us a confidence grade. Oh, great confidence grade. That's a good. <laughs> I know <laughs> that's one for the jargon buzzer, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I am confident. I'm confident Seven Trent can do that, which is where I work. I think there are ways of the industry getting there, but there's not a lot of time left. There's well, no, but it's twenty twenty three. So twenty twenty three. Seven or eight years. So we do need innovation. Lots of which we're doing. Um, try. We do need to try different things. We do need the rest of the UK moving along with us as well. So we need, you know, more rollout of low carbon vehicles. We need more renewables on the grid. We need government to be on board. We need regulators supportive, all that, all that stuff. But I, I think it's possible. Yeah, I do. And what, so in achieving that net zero by 2030, uh, where do you see the biggest kind of challenges within that? I mean, you're saying you need innovation and stuff, but is there, is there, is there one thing that's like really bothering you? You know, there's a certain process or something that is like... <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I think... So we've probably got three really big challenges that, that I would talk about. So the first one is we, we do have in our wastewater treatment processes, which, which I've talked about before and which I'm sure you've covered in other, in other podcasts, we have greenhouse gases that come from that. So nitrous oxide is one, methane is another one. Um, they're quite potent greenhouse gases and they're quite nitrous tricky. Nitrous oxide, no laughing matter. Yeah, no, exactly. yeah, laughing gas, exactly. Yeah, I should have referred to it as that. Yeah, so it's not, it's not one of those noxes that will hurt human health, but it yeah. is a greenhouse gas. And we have that naturally emerge from the sewage treatment processes that we operate. So we need to find ways to reduce that. And it's quite difficult because if you, uh, many of you on the listening work have been to sewage treatment works, but it's a big open area. There's, there's waste across that site and the emissions can emerge at any point. So we need to find ways to capture that, change the chemistry to, to get that down. So that's a big challenge, requires a lot of thinking and innovation, much of which um, is going on in the industry, which is quite exciting work. Um, the second area I think is, is supply chains. So um, I think on your next podcast, you're going to see a reservoir being built, which which will be very interesting, I'm sure. But what you'll see there, I suspect, is lots of building materials, concrete, diggers, diesel, lots of that going on there, which, which results in emissions. So building projects, our supply chain, the way they operate, lots of emissions there that, that are tricky to tackle and require others to be doing stuff. I think, sorry, to, to, to I just wanted to chip in there because I think that is something that is... What, what, it's one of these areas that people just don't naturally think about that building stuff takes a lot of carbon but I mean it's obvious so but it's not thought about yeah absolutely right so you know big it's, it's energy again a lot of the time big movements diggers that sort of stuff is it's often diesel that's a fossil fuel um, and concrete cement making those sort of materials results in I'm emissions. guessing steel as well Moving steel quite yeah. energy intensive yeah very energy intensive to make steel you need a lot of heat for that sort of stuff so, so all of that is quite quite energy intensive but it needs to be done it needs to be done to make sure people have got water and the environment's protected so that's a big area of challenge. And then a third area, which, which is, is the theme of your podcast, I think a really, a really good thing to be getting home to people is, um, is about demand for water. So the more water people use, the more of that infrastructure we have to build, the more energy we have to use, the more chemicals we have to use. Um, and what we've seen, certainly at 7Trend, but I think the other companies as well, is, is demand's actually rising year on year. We've seen more use of water in people's homes. 
um, and also new requirements for sewage treatment as we get um, as we get tighter and tighter standards, which is a good thing, but requires activity that, that results in emissions. So working out ways to do both is is the big challenge for us. I think so. There are three. There are three big challenges. You say that you know that it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think um, there are lots of people that are going to be listening that haven't really thought about. Um, how the services that we we've come to rely on are actually delivered to our homes and this has been a really good insight into some of those processes and things that you know are kind of you know they're they're not front of mind when we're turning the tap on or or flushing the toilet you know Um, and one of the things that we have tried to do in in other episodes is um, help people make the connection between once the water has got to their home and how they're using it does have that link with energy as well, you know, because a big proportion of the water that we use at home is being heated. Um, and so you're using electricity, which is also, you know, contributing to those emissions. Um, so it's it, it, it's really interesting and I think hopefully helpful to people listening um, to be able to see that bigger picture. So my last question on carbon really was actually about um, the, the topic Karen just brought up, which was about the energy associated with carbon sorry with water once it gets to the home so um you know, you've you've kind of explained that there's possibly two or three percent of uk's energy used to get water to, to, to your home but then uh, how does that compare with the energy and the carbon uh, that is associated with the things we do with water once it's there so not the water yeah. company's bit yes do yeah. you do you have do you know that yeah so it's so um you're absolutely right. That's really important. And it's actually 10 times as much. 10 as times. As the emissions we, we result in from delivering it to your tap, 10 times as much is, is resulting from the use of it in everybody's homes and businesses. So that's from, um, obviously, you use water in your heating system, actually. Yeah, yeah. But, but leave that aside, the radiators and so on. That's a Showers, system, Yeah, right? it's a closed system. Oh, so you, buzzer's going again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of our water, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that bit aside. Um, but yeah, heating, you know, kettles, showers, baths, these things, they require a huge amount of energy in your home, which will probably be gas if you've got a boiler like most people, like myself. Yeah. Um, a huge amount of emissions to heat that water up. And, and that's 10 times as much as us delivering it to your door. Wow. So that really drowns the uh, carbon emits water pun there, Howard. Come on. You've got to appreciate <laughs> yeah, this. Very good. A lot of effort goes into this. But, but that really does, you know, it, it pales into comparison, doesn't it? The, 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 the carbon in getting water to your home compared to what, what you are, the carbon associated with what we do once it gets to our home. So that makes our messages, Karen, you know, all the stuff you've been banging on about, the whole series one, even more important. I, I didn't know that, by the way, you know, that 10 times. I, yeah. I knew it was... I, I, if I'd had a guess, I'd have said it's a little bit more, not 10 times. Yeah, Are you yeah, sure? So this I, isn't one of these Water UK facts. <laughs> <laughs> I think Energy Savings Trust that was from. So I think uh, to give, we've talked about tons, haven't we, but, but not really bringing it to, to life for people. So um, a car is, is about, results in about four tons of carbon dioxide a year. Average car, average mileage driving it around. So that, you've got a family car, you've got about four tons from that. Then from the heating water in your home, it's about two to three tons, depending on what you do. So it's, it's similar magnitude to the, the car that you drive. That's the emissions impact you're having from that use of water. Again, I don't think people necessarily make that link that your your car and your your showering is roughly the same. Yeah. Wow, that's no, really interesting stuff there. Um, right before we move off uh, off of carbon, Karen, you got any other questions for Howard? 
See that look of slight horror there on Karen's face? Oh, he's, he's asking me stuff again. Well, I guess the, the, um, the key question that we ask all our guests is around the particular tips that they would share with people for reducing either their water use or carbon. Yeah, um, I think also, well, I think before we get to that, let's ask Karen what his personal water use is. Do you think he knows it? Are you all right, Karen? I think you need a glass of water. <laughs> yeah, go get yourself a glass of water. It's okay. I, I, yeah, we, we definitely want you on future editions. So, yeah. <laughs> we got the question, though. I, no, this, that was a nice little safety moment. <laughs> yeah, 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 very good. Very good. <laughs> so, Howard, yeah, what is your personal water use? Do you know it? Yeah, good. Great question. It's good you ask all your guests this. So, I had to work it out for this podcast. So it's oh, did you? To ask. That's been a recurring theme. We yeah, ask people that yeah. and it's not top of mind. And this is for people who actually yeah, tend to have an interest in water. Yeah, yeah. But that said, I am very careful with my water use. I was hoping the calculator would tell me it's quite low. And actually, I think it's all right. So, I came out with 92. 92 per person per head in, in our household. Do you think it's okay? Good. It's below the average. That, that's decent. That, that, yeah. is, that is decent. I think that's uh, top of the season two leaderboard, <laughs> mainly on the basis that I've forgotten to ask you the Olympic guests. So, you know, well, well done. You top by, and bottom. by default. But yeah, well, in terms of what we do, it's nothing, nothing special, really. So I think you've had guests in the past, Steve, who are down at 70 odd, so you must be doing something very special. But, you know, we have a normal number of showers. We wash, wash the clothes, a dishwasher. I've got two kids, but we only bath them once every two nights. So that and do they have a bath together? A they do have a bath together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're only little. They're not eighteen yet. So. <laughs> yeah, that would just be weird. <laughs> so I'm probably lucky there. But yeah, don't don't have a pool. Don't use a you know don't use a hose pipe. Let the grass go brown. It'll be fine. Uh, as it's proved this summer, actually, it went brown and then it's then it's been fine. So all that stuff, I, I think that keeps your water use reasonable. It's the big uses of water, pools, that sort of thing, um, that can often make it go high. Oh, don't get me started on hot tubs. Uh, hot tubs, yeah. We've, 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 not, we've, not, we've not really mentioned hot tubs enough on Waterfall, actually. No. Uh, no, so very good. That's good. 92. Very impressive. Be sure to head back through the archives and check out all the past episodes of Waterfall. Look, one of the themes, before we go, one of the themes, just to reflect on what you said, I, I think one of the things that really jumped out to me was the sources of carbon that are kind of hidden they're not top of mind so stuff like building things and water sector does need to build a lot of stuff and in the wastewater side of the business so treating water and returning it safely to the environment i don't think that's top of people's minds yeah is that something that you find when you talk to people yeah certainly and those things are essential so water's a right and a, a privilege for people so people absolutely should get clean water so um it's right that we do those things but it's also right that we try and reduce the emissions from them and they, they can go under the radar and some of those little changes like on water efficiency they can make a really big difference oh absolutely right karen any any final words from you if you feel you can actually get words out <laughs> <laughs> i can um yeah, I, I think you were saying you know um on the wastewater side, this, these sort of issues are, are, are particularly important. I guess what I'm very conscious of as well is um, increasingly the industry is looking for what's described as nature-based solutions to some of the water quality issues um, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm laughing at the jargon of nature-based that, solutions. That <laughs> <laughs> the buzzer again is going haywire. <laughs> So this is using the landscape and, and, and natural processes rather than building stuff in effect, isn't it? Um, and that does seem to be something that the industry is beginning to embrace. Certainly. And it's, it's, so it's, it's a great idea, isn't it? Nature should be 
protected and improved. We need more biodiversity, not less. We probably need less building, actually. So we can do stuff without building. That, that reduces emissions full stop. It, we do have to think quite cautiously about that because if um, protecting the environment is really important. If a nature-based solution, which might be reed beds, is, is the one that's often used, um, doesn't treat wastewater to a good enough standard and that's not going to protect the surrounding environment, it won't work. In, and in many of those cases, um, we find you need those tried and tested you know, mechanical, chemical processes to make sure it gets to that standard. So it doesn't work everywhere, but use of nature and enhancement of nature is, is really, really important and, and generally important for combating climate change and adapting to climate change as well. It's very likely lots of those nature-based things will, will help us cope with, with a warming world that we're likely going to see. So we tend to think of nature as, as, as a good thing to do and something to be protected first and foremost. We as a water company have got big tracts of land, um, and we want to enhance that biodiversity on the land. We've, we've done lots of biodiversity schemes on sewage treatment works on bits of land. We've done tree planting as well with the Commonwealth Games. I know other companies have as well in the country. So big advocates of that. But we do have to be cautious and make sure it works and then provides all the quality needs for the local environment as well. And I think having, you know, when you look at using more innovative type solutions or unusual solutions, we've got to keep trying things. And we've got to keep trying experimenting uh, to find new ways to, 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 to reduce our emissions. Because I, I think we need to, to have that laser light focus on that. Because if we don't, we're not going to hit that challenge, are we? We're getting to net zero by 2030. Yeah, absolutely. We need to, we need to try new things and find new ways of, of doing things. I think what, one, one thing which is a personal view is people are unlikely to drastically change their wants and needs in terms of how much water they're going to want in their homes and you know how much they're going to want to travel. So it's up to industries like us to find alternative ways to meet those needs. Uh, travel is a great example, which we haven't really talked about. Um, it's unlikely people are going to stop driving. They want to move around and see friends and family and go on holiday. So we've got to find low carbon ways of doing that. And, and, and that's, that's, that's what we've got to do on treatment and on water and on transport. Brilliant. Look, it's been fantastic having you on, Howard. Um, learning loads on this. be great to have you back on. Maybe drill into some of these areas of jargon that we want to unpack. <laughs> I apologise to your viewers if there was lots of jargon in there. I tried to keep it to a minimum. But, but yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, I think we've run out of time, basically, for this episode. So, uh, so you know, if you want to get in touch, you've got any questions for Howard, we can pass them on. Uh, we do have an email address. Which is um, podcast at ccwater.org.uk. So don't forget to get in touch. We will be out and about exploring a reservoir in an episode soon. Howard's done a nice job at trailing that. Thank you. I appreciate that. No that problem. Was, that was good. He's better at plugging the waterfall than we are. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but that's all we've got time for. So it's uh, goodbye from me, Mike. And goodbye from me, Karen. And goodbye from me, Tom. You see, we did that. We did that again. We, did, we gave the Tom pause and he actually said goodbye this time. Fantastic. Right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.